I've spent my entire adult life working in the restaurant industry. Restaurants are something I'm, uh, I'm really passionate about. And specifically, if you if you know me and you know this show, you'll know that uh, I'm, I'm really interested in the intersection of hospitality and tech, specifically how technology can uh, help us build more profitable restaurants and create a better guest experience. My guests on today's show are the two co-founders of Pop Menu, Brendan Sweeney, who was on the show once. He's coming back, uh, and he's joined by his uh, his co-founder, Tony Roy. They're here to talk about uh, Pop Menu Max, a lot of the new features that they brought on, but uh, they're, they're leveraging all of their insights from working with thousands of, uh, thousands of operators all over the country, find some common threads, and really talking about how other restaurants are integrating technology to, again, uh, be more profitable and create a better guest experience. This is a really deep conversation about uh, where we are as an industry, how restaurants uh, are, are, are succeeding, thriving, uh, and, and even just surviving and the difference between uh, those that are uh, thriving and those that are just barely surviving. There's a lot that they bring to the table. It's a wide-ranging conversation packed with value. Please don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my group coaching programs to address and overcome the specific challenges we face in our industry. Curious to learn more about the coaching programs? Set up a free 45-minute strategy session at restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Let me show you how simple it can be to run a profitable restaurant. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you will find the link in the show notes. Now. Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft, and there's never enough cash on hand to pay out tips. So, managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. 
Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo. As always, that link is also in the show notes. So my guests on today's show, I'm thrilled to be able to welcome back Brendan Sweeney, CEO of Pop Menu, and also one of the uh, other co-founders of the company, Tony Roy, who is the president of Pop Menu. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thanks, Chip. Glad to be back again. and. Glad to have Tony with us too. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I don't know where Tony was last time, uh, but we're glad you um, you were able to carve out the time this time. Appreciate it. I'm going to guarantee you that he was talking to a restaurant owner. I, if there if there's anyone who talked to more restaurant owners in the past five years than Tony, I would be shocked. <laughs> well, listen, we're uh, I'm thrilled to have you here, uh, Brendan. And I had a great conversation uh, last time. Thrilled to have uh, you here to get your perspective on this. Um, the last time we did this conversation, the last time we sat down was uh, was in November. The uh, the episode, the original episode, it's episode number one forty four. It aired back in December. If anybody hasn't listened to that episode, it's well worth your time to go back. There's tons of great nuggets and insights there. Um, but Brendan promised me he would come back to sit down and talk about the features of Pop Menu Max a little bit more specifically, and to demo some of the features, specifically the uh, the phone answering feature, which we're gonna get to later. But just in the time since we first sat down to now, we were saying this before we hit record, so much has happened in the world. So talk to me, talk to me a little bit, because you guys have the great fortune of being able to talk to a lot of operators, as you just made a joke about. What's going on? I mean, it feels like so much has happened in the last six months. Talk to me about, um, Talk to you what you guys are seeing. What are the new challenges? What are the old challenges resurfacing in new ways? Tony, uh, you know, Brendan said you, you talk to more operators than anybody uh, he knows. So I'll start with you. Tell, tell me what you're finding. What, what are the challenges that people are dealing with? What are you finding out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, COVID really forced restaurants to evaluate their digital footprint and process, right? They couldn't manage 10, 12 different vendors, contractors that didn't talk to each other, didn't give them economies of scale and then they had to pivot for outline for outdoor seating or online ordering and things of that nature so so i think that still persists that really caused people to get more educated about it and look for ways to consolidate and then of course what you see in the last you know six plus months has been you know supply chain issues and of course the labor labor is always challenging in the restaurant sector but the last six months in a post-covid world particularly in markets like california and other places like it's just such a massive thing you had this interesting deal where you have diners coming back on premise at a rate that's greater than pre-COVID in many places. And then they also have the additional revenue stream of online and third party. At the same time, their labor hasn't come back at the same rate, or maybe it's inexperienced. And so how do you, how do you not sacrifice guest experience when you're dealing with that challenge? And so it's been forcing them to consolidate. It's also been forcing them to look at creative ways and smart technology to meet some of those challenges. And I think like you know, our AI answering tool, which we'll talk about later, is one perfect example of how we're helping restaurants alleviate that labor pressure and not sacrifice the guest experience. So to me, that's been like the most uh, top of mind thing is how do I consolidate and then continue to pivot while dealing with labor and supply issues, right? There's always something to deal with in restaurants. Yeah, I mean, there have been crazy challenges, but but talk to me because I want, I want to follow up with that and say that, you know, one of our biggest burdens, you know, <laughs> the theme of what you just said is that it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, right? We've got more business yeah. levels are up from where they were pre-pandemic and yet employment levels are down. And yet restaurants always struggle with labor, meaning that labor is such a big part of their expense. I mean, prime costs for a restaurant, you know, they, they live and die by those. 
And mm -hmm. it's a little bit of like, careful what you wish for. Like, oh, I wish I could cut labor. I wish I could cut labor. Now everybody has cut labor out of necessity. And yet the the guest experience is is faltering. So I think it was interesting what you said, you know, Pop Menu Max has this feature. And there, I think there are other solutions out there that are helping people, you know, restaurant owners deal with this. But are they embracing them? Are they, uh, and if not, what's what's keeping them from embracing some of these solutions? Yeah, and I'll, I'll pick it up from there. I, I, I think they're, they're embracing them more than ever. This isn't just, hey, two years ago, we had 10 years of, of uh, accelerated adoption in 10 weeks. Unfortunately, it wasn't just one chunk that we all went through and graduated. It's yeah. continuous learning. And and and, uh, it's, and it's joyful. It's never been hard. Um, I think of you know we did this when we did this podcast last time. I had just come back from London where we did a, a big restaurant show. There were thousands of people there. The world was open. Omicron came in and just you know slapped me, slapped us, and yeah. and, and made for the next sixty days were, in my opinion, you know some of the hardest of of this entire kind of ordeal. Um, and and. You know how how that feeds into what you were just what you were just mentioning is it just I feel like it hardened us, you know, and and, and everyone in the industry is, is is what I mean by that in that it was like oh it's, here it is it's light at the end of the tunnel, it wasn't a train but something came down the tracks and, and hit us again but but I think yeah. everyone's resilience many people's resilience have built up so well at that point that it was like all right bring it like I'm just gonna deal with it. And so what I feel like is that last blip and hopefully the last, but that last one that we know of just, you just hardened people's resolve and, and it, and it drove them even more to say, yes, I'm going to continue embracing, you know, um, whatever I need to do to, to survive and to thrive here. And, and I think, you know, part of that is technology and part of that's processes. And it's just an overall professionalization of how hospitality is done. And, and, you know, some people really embraced it early and some people have gone a little bit more kicking and screaming. But I think now everyone realizes, hey, there, there's no two million people who are gone from the labor force for restaurants coming back. Some of them are going to come back, but it's not going to look like it did before. And, and the truth is that's going to work in restaurants favor long term because technology will make the people you do have more efficient. It'll also make them happier. It'll also make it so the hospitality you're able to deliver is more efficient, is more frictionless, is more satisfying. And it doesn't have to feel like, you know, there's a robot involved or there's a giant screen in between us. Yep. It, it, I, I really, I just feel like the savviness of this industry has grown so much over this time. I agree. And that has continued over, over those, over those last six months. And so, I mean, I'm proud of the industry for that because there's a lot of industries that wouldn't have been able to take the hits that that this one has. I totally listen. Uh, this industry just uh, just keeps just keeps getting back up. I mean, knock down nine times, it gets back up ten. I was out at yeah. the Bar and Restaurant Expo back in March, and one of the things, uh, one of the talks I gave out there was all about hospitality and tech, and specifically how we can use technology to actually create a better guest experience because we yeah. free people up from the menial tasks, the things that nobody likes doing. Right? Yeah. We can free them up of that and then actually use our people to do really human things, to actually provide yes. better hospitality. And I use all these case studies, one in particular where I use the, the fam now famous McDonald's case study, which is they didn't want to put the kiosks in. They didn't want to put the screens in because they felt like uh, they didn't want their people to interface with a computer. And yet what they were able to do is provide such better hospitality around the fringes 
you know, they, they didn't want to lose that register experience because that was the human connection. And what they failed to realize until they went through the process is that actually that was a sort of transactional mechanical interaction anyway. And when they let that transactional uh, engagement happen with a computer, they freed their people up to do to do really, really amazing human things, which was which was really cool. Now we're seeing robots, right? One of my clients just got two robots now to bust tables. It's like, oh, we can now utilize that human capital somewhere else because robots can't make conversation, can't talk about the game last night, can't make a joke with a with a kid, right? So let the robot take the dishes back to the dish station and we free up our time, you know what I mean? Like little touches like that where we can be more human than ever before. It, it, it's perfect. And those, those little touches add up to points of margin. Every Every you know, spot where you can, where you can find a way to replace, yeah, this rote, repetitive, non-human activity with, with, you know, something automated, then, then you are able to go do the more human things. Hey, I, my, I bust tables at a Chinese restaurant. I bust tables at a Mexican restaurant. I didn't feel very human while I was doing it. No one wanted to talk to me. I was covered in stuff. I was dropping dishes, (laughs) all of that. So, but, 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 you know, when you free up people, what, whether it's, you know, another big thing is payments. Like there's not much that's very human about, Hey, here's your piece of paper that tells you how much you owe. Now give that back to me with this card. Now I'm going to give it back to you with a pen. There's no, there's there's not great hospitality in that when you reduce. And I've had experiences where it took me, you know, 20, 40, we all have 20, 40 minutes to pay the bill. And it's like, man, I could have either, you know, spent a lot more during that time or I could have been gone sooner and, and had a happier experience. Yeah. Well, if you don't have to do all of that exchange and if you're using some smart payment technologies, which a lot of people are now, um, then you can spend more time doing things like, let me tell you about today's specials. This one, the chef's grandma came up with it. She brought it from the old country. Yep. It's incredible. We sourced these local ingredients. That's that's hospitality. That's human. And if a robot carrying dishes allows you to do that more often, you're going to have a better business. I totally, I totally agree. This is this is everything I believe, and this is uh, I think why we're having this conversation. Uh, it's why you guys, uh, you know, we have you as a sponsor on the show because I believe in this product and what you guys are doing, and um, and it's about bringing solutions to the, the audience. The listeners here are uh, are working through and, and making through and, and trying to do, uh, the best they can and all of that and, yep. and killing it now, killing it now. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not an easy time. I want to go back. And yeah. for those uh, who don't know, so I think pop menu is a pretty big deal out in the industry. I think most people know what pop menu is, but for those who don't, and for those who might've missed the first interview, um, and haven't gone back yet to listen to that first interview, go back and give me an overview. What was pop menu? What is Pop Menu now? Ha, has it now become? Yeah, I'll, I'll start that off, and then Tony, you can you can jump in. I think what was Pop Menu? I mean, we started off as kind of a, a consumer-oriented idea. So, so driven by my desire as a consumer to know more directly from the restaurant about what they're offering, and not have to go to a third-party platform to to figure that out. Yep. As a consumer, we're so trained by everything now. I mean, Amazon is, is, is really the clearest example, but every modern e-com provider, you know, every modern e-tailer, we have so much decision criteria to use when we make any kind of uh, uh, buying decision, photos, reviews, rating, social validation, and more. And, and it's just the idea for Pop Menu started off by saying, why is all of that on these third-party platforms? Why isn't it in the restaurant's hands to control that? And our hypothesis was, hey, if you if you put this all in the restaurant website slash digital platform under their control, 
well, they're going to have a better chance of putting their best foot forward and they're going to have more control over, you know, how they attract and, and engage guests. And so it really started off with this idea that the menu experience should be dynamic, it should be visual, and it should include all of that, that decision criteria we're used to. There's no reason for it not to. We're going to go get it somewhere. Might as well put it at the source, which is people want to hear it from the source. Um, and, and so we started with that idea. That's still the heart of pop menu. And, and it's still early on, we had some investors say, hey, you should change your name. It's a lot more than a menu. And it's like, the menu is, is the conveyance of what this business is. It is your creativity and offerings. It's your, it's your quality of ingredients, your plating. It's, it's all of that. And when you're able to show it in the right way, that's when you can really compete in a way that text and PDFs, you know, don't, don't allow you to do <laughs> that. That's yeah. always just, I mean, that's, it's, and the more you talk about it, the more, you, yeah, that's, that's the most obvious thing in the world. Like if every other e-com business presented their offerings, the way restaurants do, no one would buy anything. And, and so it started off as just let's, let's make the menu the most, it's the most underutilized asset the restaurants have. Let's make that thing a massively powerful selling tool. And who we are now is we've just extended out from that to answer more and more and more problems that, that our clients brought to us. You know, we started with the menu, we put it inside the website. We said, Hey, we'll just take this PDF file out. We'll put this JavaScript in boom. It's going to render this beautiful uh, menu environment and you're good to go. And they were like, awesome. My website's terrible. The nav's terrible. My WordPress instance got hacked. I can't get a hold of my cousin, you know, who has control of the domain, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and so then we did the websites and then we did marketing. And, and so we just kept going. And, and I think this is a good time to turn it over to, to, to Tony because, you know, where we are now is it's really we've we just worked to kind of emanate out from the menu and solve more and more and more problems um, for our clients. And doing it all in one place is just so much better for them. So before we turn it over to Tony, I just want to be really clear here. So it started off as like as a as a widget or as a as a piece that got embedded into the into the website, right? Yep, that yep. that made the the menu um, more interactive, right? Yep. Improved the the user experience and and made that really come to life. Yes. From there, it extended off to really a, a web design platform, saying, "Hey, we're going to embed this in, and we're going to do so much more. We're going to you know because." People were complaining about not having uh, great websites and, hey, wouldn't it be great if everything was all in one? So, And that's where I think most people got to really know PopMenu. That's certainly where I, how I was introduced yeah. to the product. So so those were sort of the first two iterations. And then from there, it grew to offer a variety of, of other features. Yeah. So, and I, and I would also say, you know, web design, it, it's funny because I think the people, I, I think we tend to think of website as uh, for for like a simple business, that's their whole digital platform. It's like uh, people don't even think in terms of digital platform. It's like website, and that's end of story. And then there's a bunch of other stuff like social media, you know, profile pages, stuff like that. We have never thought of it that way. As soon as we decided to do the web, you know, to do websites, which I was against at first. I was I was like, oh, there's there's too much responsibility. Like there's too much in there, and we're gonna have to handle domains, and then there's all kinds of confusion about how to, you know, point domains, things like that. And, and, and it seemed scary, but once we took it on, it's like, oh, this, this makes the consumer experience so much better end to end. We've always seen though, and, and, and even when we started doing websites, that's just a component of the digital platform. And so we've always seen it more as a Salesforce or a HubSpot for restaurants, but, but really, really dialed in for the specific use case of restaurants because those tools take so much, take so much configuration and, and we just don't have time for that in the restaurant world. 
Yeah, so Tony, you're, you're nodding at that when you when yeah. you talk about a, a Salesforce yeah. or HubSpot, some sort of CRM, so yeah. we get to know our people. Talk to me about that jump. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, look, the, the reality is the majority of traffic going to virtually every restaurant in the United States is coming through Google or direct. And when they get there, the vast majority, well over 90% will go straight to the menu page. So we started out saying, hey, why isn't this a better experience? Because we personally didn't like bouncing out to third party, you know, to, in that whole process. But um, you know, the more we met with restaurants, I think what Brendan and the the product guys do is, is we listen a lot more than we talk, especially in the beginning. And that sped up our feedback loop. And we realized that it was highly fragmented. R really, every restaurant in the country is using a series of different tools and contractors. Anyone can have a website and email to one of the social media tool. But the question is, do you have the time to manage that? Can you afford to not have economies of scale? And so what we realized is, hey, our ability to add each of those point solutions to the platform I often describe it as this pie. And in the back half, you have POS, you have inventory. On the front end, you have how do you attract, how do you engage with people so you convert more of those visitors into a transaction? And then ultimately, how do you transact with them today, but also how do you get Brennan to come back 10 times? I would argue to the end of the earth that the front part of this pie is arguably more important. The gas and fuel going into it is really what matters. And so we quickly realized like our ability to consolidate and have those tools. And now the fact that they all spoke to each other you know, naturally improves performance. You get economies of scale, which is great. And then the automation, you know, automatically, if you bring back, you know, the pumpkin gnocchi that was on four months ago, well, most restaurants, they, first of all, they don't know who loved that pumpkin gnocchi. Secondly, they don't have the time or the know-how to go out and email those 112 people and say, hey, Brendan, hey, Chip, guess what's back? The pumpkin gnocchi. Our automated system does that. And so you can see that having all the systems talking to each other, right? You get economies of scale, better performance, and remember that they're all focused on the primary way people make decisions about restaurants, which is their interaction with the menu. So that be that, that through through conversation after conversation, we realized every restaurant in the country is looking to do more with less, more revenue, more customers, less expense, less time investment. It's very difficult to achieve more with less if you're managing eight different vendors and contractors, you know, and doing that. So our ability to consolidate once we realized that the, the menu was the the epicenter, so to speak. Um, is really what is really the secrets. One of our secret sauces is getting them all to talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, and and here's the thing, right? We hear this over and over again, and it drives me crazy because people say, "Oh, it's all about data now. It's all about data," which is, uh, which is false. Yeah, it, it's always been about data. For yeah. 25 years, we've had Open Table, let's say, yeah. where we could take collect data. Right? Joe's birthday yeah. is on this date. His wife's birthday is here. His daughter yeah. likes this drink. We we could collect data. What we haven't been able to do until recently, is to use that. We could use that data to create a better guest experience when they wandered back in. Yeah. We couldn't use that data to get them to come back in, which now we have. So talk, yeah. about, some, talk about some of the automation pieces because I'm a huge fan of yeah. this. And when you talk about, hey, the pumpkin yolk are back and how do we know yeah. who to let people know? And this is what Amazon does so well, right? Yeah. Amazon has very personalized, yeah. very individualized communications. You log into your Amazon, it looks totally different than mine, looks totally different than Brendan's. My emails that I get from Amazon every morning look totally different than the emails you get because they've gotten really good at figuring out what I like, what I buy, what am I having? Right. So talk to me about how you guys apply that here for the restaurants, because this is a game changer yeah. for our entire industry. Sure, I, I can start, start that, and then Brendan, can he's got bigger vision. Um, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned Amazon because people will often associate us, and we'll we'll talk about that when we consult restaurants. Is if you think about what we've done, we've we've in, 
in many ways, incorporated Amazon e-com principles to the independent restaurant space. You, you made a great point. When you go there and you run a search for jeans, you don't just get a text description. You get a visual of the item. You see reviews on the item. You see recommendations. You see a one-click path to purchase. All that's there. Well, why should that be any different just because Brennan's choosing to dine with your order from you, right? And so right, right. Um, I, we think about that a lot. And the thing, you're, you're right about data. And, and you go to conferences and people always say, you got to be closer to your guests, closer to your customer. We've been hearing that for 20 years. Like, what yep. steps have you actually taken to do it? The reality is we think people have been doing it backwards. If you focus on the primary way people make decisions, the menu, that opens you up to their preferences. If I know the things that Brendan loves or things that Chip wants to try, that's incredibly valuable. But the businesses are too busy to take action. So you have to have automation that says, you know, Brendan loves the pumpkin gnocchi or Brendan wants to try the beet salad or Kathy's vegan, right? It's very difficult to know that if you don't understand their, their interaction with the menu, their purchase pattern online, all those things. When, when you when you rely solely on POS data, you only have what happened at once they've been with you. But how do you know why Brendan chose you? Or how do you get Brendan in the first place? How do you know about them if they haven't purchased from you? So I, I think you're right. We've, it's always been about data and insights. Unfortunately, independent restaurants haven't had a good first-party tool, so to speak. And so they've given up those insights to third-party, which then they've had to pay to play in that environment. We've come in and said, hey, man, that doesn't have to be the case. Like, why shouldn't you know that Kathy's vegan? Why shouldn't you know the things that Brendan loves or wants to try? And so what that ultimately allows you to do is like things like when you bring the menu back, the item back on the menu, well, we know who we know who loves that because they already told us. And the system will automatically message them taking away a task and causing transactions to come in. I'll hand it over to Brendan. The last thing I'll leave you on this is this. If you don't have a dynamic menu, imagine a waitlisting tool, which we have. And so today someone can walk up and they can add themselves to the wait list. It's a great way to capture guests. We send them a link where now they at least they've got a dynamic menu where you featured your high profit item. You've got beautiful imagery. And so before Brendan and his family sit down, they've already got an idea of what they're going to purchase. And maybe you influence that purchase so your average guest checks higher and maybe you turn tables a little faster. There's a series of little things like that that you can address. Now, with our system, the more Brendan interacts with the site and we understand he's vegetarian, Imagine a scenario where Brendan adds his name to the wait list. He gets a link to the featured vegetarian options. I come in five minutes later. I have my name to the wait list. I get a link to the wine event three weeks from now because they knew I attended a wine event three weeks ago. Right. So you can influence the purchase pattern today, but also a future transaction. That to me is using data in a smart, practical way that has incredible upside. So talk to me. I'm going to ask this on the on behalf of the listeners because I'm sure they're all going. That sounds amazing. Yeah, talk it to me about amazing. how that works. Yeah, so talk <laughs> to me about how it works in practice, where it's not cumbersome. How do you? Yeah. How do? How are those automations set up? Yeah. First, I'm going to I'm going to say that big data is incredible, and it's it's what's amazing is thousands of people all around the country know that Kathy's vegan, and it's one of my favorite <laughs> points, along with pumpkin yoki that's in every talk that Tony does. Um, yeah, how does it work? So in, in a couple, a couple, just kind of setting the stage for this, what we didn't fully understand when we started the dynamic menu experience was maybe we did, maybe I'll pretend like we knew it. We were creating a multi-step, multi-call to action, modern e-commerce funnel, just browsing a menu. You know, okay. <laughs> we all think of it as I'm just trying to figure out what to eat. The truth is, when you walk people through it, it is very much like going through product selection on an e-com site, yep. whether you're ordering now or whether you're browsing, which is what we were. We were not built for ordering. We didn't do ordering until our third year um, when when COVID hit. 
And so as you walk people through, you're capturing all this data about their preference, like Tony mentioned. What dishes did they look at? What dishes did they favorite? What dishes did they review? Just they comment on what dishes did they share? Um, and we're very much at the dish level. I mean, it's just, I, Amazon doesn't sell Amazon, right? They sell specific products and, and, and getting that granular with that information is so useful. So setting it up that way and also providing multiple call out, like in, in all these places where you're going to express yourself, you know, and engage with the restaurant, we ask for permission to contact. Now you have permission to contact. Now you have preference data. So that's part one is setting up the menu in that way, set us up to become, you know, this, this hub where you have a view of, of everything you can find out about, about customers, you know, mostly for us from, from the top of funnel, but as we get more and more integrated with more and more POS, and as we know more about ordering, as we more, do more, you know, um, millions of orders ourselves, the whole picture gets put together, and then you have the full view. And then you go on-prem and add waitlisting and reservations. Um, we add our, our AI-based phone answering, which is not technically on-prem, but it's you're calling to, to make a decision about coming in, right? So on one hand, we start with the menu collecting all these data points. On, on the other hand, you know, we're building all of these features, number one, because it's convenient to have them all in one place um, and have that singular view of the guest. But number two, that data just gets richer and richer, smarter and smarter over time. So how does it work? It's, we are building segments. Right now, we're, we're hard coding segments based on different trigger points that are happening with consumers in the platform. Yep. We're in early, early, early days of that. That is orienting automated email right now. And, and those emails, because they're personalized, because they're direct from uh, you know, the, the first party, they get double the open rate, according to MailChimp data, double the open rate, and two, three, five, seven, ten times the click-through rates that, that normal hospitality emails get. It proves that it works. Adding all this functionality Number one, we save a lot of people money. Number two, we make them more efficient. But what the real long game is, it's giving us more and more data to automate more of the segmentation, which then automates smarter and smarter, more personalized emails without anybody having to do anything. So we don't think about, like when we use an analogy for like, what, what kind of company do we want to be? Um, Mike Gullo, one of our co-founders and our head of product, he puts up two pictures. One of them is like the cockpit of a super advanced Porsche that has 15 knobs and dials and I don't know what any of that stuff does. I couldn't drive that car. <laughs> Your grandma can't drive that car. Definitely a super busy restaurant owner is not driving that car. But then we put up a picture of a Tesla and it's like anyone can drive that car. And in fact, it drives itself a lot of the time. <laughs> and then you just have to tell it. And, and, and in fact, it'll start knowing you're going to work right now or you're going to this calendar appointment or you're going home right now. The system gets smarter, smarter, knows where you're going and gets you there. You might want to take a different trip. You might want to take a different route, and you have to tell you have to tell the system, and then it and then it pivots and gets you there. That's our analogy. That's what we're working towards. Is no one should have to do anything now. If you want to come in and say, "I want to make a segment that is everybody named Chip," and because they're the highest purchasers that we've ever seen, we're we're setting that up that they can do that. But really, what we're doing right now, I mean, in the in the long game, and is is it's exactly what you said that it's like yeah everyone's talked about data forever it doesn't matter if it's not actionable it doesn't matter if it's sitting in a dashboard that no one can read you know and, and we have dashboards it's like yeah some some people can get in there and say okay 
I'm, I'm understanding how my traffic's growing and I can extrapolate and figure out how many butts and seats are going to come from that, this and that. That we're drilling down more and more and more into more automated segmentation, more automated, highly, highly, highly targeted messaging, um, and then smart contextual ROI data. And 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 so that is, I want our owners to know, and we're going. We have a we have a whole team that's just focused on building up this ROI information, which is it's complex and it's difficult, but. If people don't understand the value of this multi-touch platform and how Chip is being touched as he goes through it and how that's influencing his purchasing pattern, they're never yeah. going to really realize what's happening. And so we started to dig into this, and I wanted to share just a couple insights. Um, yeah, been, this is great. I've been pinging a few of our. I've been, so and and just before I get to that, like we're we've got I don't know 13, 15 automated messages that are now out there. We're building this corpus of data that we can use for more and more automated segmentation, more and more automated messaging. And then that's all going to feed on itself and just continually optimize. So no one has to think about it. And as we move in that direction, um, you know, it, it gets more and more effective and becomes this virtuous circle that, that builds on itself. But as we try to understand how do we, you know, how do we fully realize this? We're looking at different bits of it. One, one bit is we are heavily of the belief, we've seen many anecdotes, but we need to surface like really reliable, scalable data that as people touch all of these various points through our platform, and as these messages bring them back, and as they interact with the top of funnel, and then as they order, it's, it's building this virtuous circle. I'm asking the team to show me, hey, give me some ideal consumer paths where Someone has done a natural, done an organic search on Google, and we know the keywords. They've shown up, they've looked at X dishes, they've interacted, they've received messages, they've done orders, they've received messages, they've, received, they've done more orders, right? I want to see this whole thing. And so we're looking at pieces of it now. And so um, I had data pulled on one of our clients. They've, they've had hundreds of thousands of orders over the last year and a half. And... Um, I wanted to understand how we're impacting this in a multi-step. Sorry, this is long, but I, I hope it's worth it. I want to I want to see what you think at the end. <laughs> so, as we're looking at at cohorts who have interacted a lot with the platform, we get to this understanding that there are 1,900 people who have ordered at least 10 times over a just over a year period. Okay. Yeah. How much revenue do you think those 1,900 people delivered? I have no idea where to begin. $3 million. No. $3 million from 1,900 people. Wow. Do you think the system's going to make use of that as we go? Hey, these people really respond to those to those automated emails. They really respond to those offers. They really respond to these things that are coming out of the platform. Wow. Everyone I tell, I mean, I was shocked. Did you, I mean, if you, I don't think there are many restaurant owners who really would understand that you could get $3 million from less than 2,000 people. Yeah. If you are talking to them the right way, of course, you have to serve the right food. You have to give them the right hospitality experience, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one data point, which is, I, I think, mind-blowing. Um, and, and, and this is a low cost per cover, like less than $25 cost per cover restaurant. So they're ordering a lot. Another piece of data that I think is interesting is Pop menu, because of how we uniquely architected our, our menus from the very beginning, and I, I believe I got into this last time we spoke, it's very, very Google-friendly. And, and one of the things that really did piss me off early on was seeing 
when third-party platforms have the top position for a branded search for a restaurant, I get super pissed off. Yeah. I'm like, that restaurant earned that search themselves by giving great hospitality, having a great reputation, on and on and on. You don't get to have it. And sometimes there's like five third-party yeah. platforms before even. And so early on, we were like, no, no, we know how to do this. And we don't have a single client. If there's a single client that doesn't own the top spot for their branded search, I would... I would honestly fall down dead of shock. So to the audience listening here, just so we're really clear, it's when you run a Google search, right? And you're looking for yeah. Brendan's Burgers. And I go in yes. and I type in Brendan's Burgers. Brendan'sBurgers.com better be the first thing that pop up because that's the that's what you're looking for. That's the site that you're looking for that has all the information you need. What Brendan is saying, and you'll find this if you, if you look, um, it might even be happening with your brand. You'll find that TripAdvisor, for Brendan's yeah. Burgers is the first spot. And Yelp, the Yelp page for Brendan's Burgers is the number two spot. And Facebook, which is nice, it's still part of your ecosystem, but still you don't own that platform. You'll get a bunch of those that own the one, two, three, four position. And uh, Brendan'sBurgers.com is number five, which is just you're, you're leaking traffic. Um, and those are people who are going to other places. Maybe they eventually come back to the mothership. Um, but you own, you should own that top spot. You, sh you earned it. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that should not be going to somebody else. And, you know, I, I appreciate you naming names, so I don't have to. But it's like, man, that's not – they didn't earn that. Third-party platforms can be a very, very useful acquisition channel, and they have to be used appropriately, fit in appropriately with your overall digital strategy. They shouldn't be everything. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They are breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. It's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with all the previous ingredients that you've heard me mention on this podcast, right? We've been talking about it for months. Websites designed with SEO, marketing tools that help keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, their patented interactive menu technology. But now, this new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table, brings third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, all of that and more. For example, PopMenu's phone answering technology has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, right, AI, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled by a computer without pulling a staff member away from your in-person hospitality. So no more missed calls, no more missed reservations, no more people bothering you to ask about your hours or, or anything, no more missed revenue. The computer's gonna handle all that and that is just the beginning. You have a passion for food, Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it is a recipe for restaurant success. Now even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, if you will, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you get to lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim the offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month at P-O-P menu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, that link is in the show notes. Actually, organic search, and, and I'm talking about branded searches, but the truth is the way we architect our menus, the long tail searches, the near me searches, the very cuisine specific searches, those are the ones that explode when you come on to pop menu because you go from at best with a PDF menu, at best a page of text for Google to read, 
with us, we index every single dish. And so then you get into hundreds and hundreds of dishes and Google goes, you know, when it was a PDF, I thought that was a Vietnamese restaurant. Now I'm positive it's a Vietnamese restaurant and they're going to come up first in every Vietnamese search. Yeah. Is this the most Vietnamese restaurant I've ever seen? They've got yeah. 500 dishes there. And the architecture of what you guys are building also helps with, you know, limit lower bounce rate and more, you know, uh, time on page yes. and time on site and, you know, multiple page views, which is all very technical things. But what they've what they've created here, you know, what, what you've engineered is a way for people to navigate for users, potential diners to navigate through a site very organically. I want to see more about that uh, dish, that dish, that dish. And what it's doing is it's creating a lot more um, metrics that, that Google really likes, which is helping you rank higher, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And and, and so the, the stat related to the whole, you know, the, the whole virtuous circle um, was we just saw in one day, um, in one day of, now I'm going to pull it up just to make sure I'm not lying, was in one day we had almost 2,600 orders across our clients, Yeah, which doesn't sound like a big number, but, but they all came from Google search. Yeah, And so in one day there were 2,600 orders done, you know, which, which at like a, a $40 average, something like that, um, you're talking a hundred grand in one day of free traffic orders that came through a platform yeah. that wouldn't have come otherwise in a, in a platform that wasn't architected as well for natural search. All that comes back to just owning owning the digital platform that represents your business has unbelievable immediate and long-term value. And and the more you're able to um, you know put into that platform and the more features you use from it, the more you're connecting waitlisting, reservations, the phone, all these different things, the more you have a singular view and the more all of this awesome connective tissue just makes this the sum so much greater than the parts. And it really literally drives more business. So I wanted to ask you about this. Like I said, I, I sort of opened this at the very beginning, right? And I said, the, the value that you bring, the particular value you bring, aside from this incredible platform that you've created, um, but for the listeners here is, um, is again, you get to peek, peek behind the curtain at a lot of different places. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of different operators. I work with a bunch of different clients, restaurants all over the, the country, and I can speak you know, firsthand here that there are people really crushing it and there are people really struggling. So talk to me about what you guys are seeing. Why are the people who are killing it, killing it? Why are the people who are struggling still struggling. What is the difference? What does one have that the other one has and how can the one group join the other group? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I think I, you know, especially now when we're consulting with, you know, restaurant owners and their teams, you know, one of the things I say is, you know, uh, technology is no longer nice to have. I would even argue it's no longer important. It's critical. It doesn't matter if you're in rural America or if you're in the busiest spot in LA um, technology is something that consumers have just adapted at a furious rate. And it's evolved more probably in the last 12 to 18 months than it did the previous five years. So the ones that are doing well, whether it's the mom and pop single location or whether it's the multi-unit, multi-concept group is, I believe they've understood that they have to consolidate and focus their technology efforts on where, on, on what's appealing to guests most, right? So consolidation so that you can, 
really have the systems talking to each other. It also frees up time of their staff to focus on higher value tasks. At the beginning of the time here today, you talked about better hospitality. And, you know, one of the things I think about a lot when we talk about our AI phone answering tool is, hey, look, if you're understaffed right now, the last thing you want to do is take Brendan away from servicing an eight top over there to run over and answer a phone call that says we close at nine o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Or to try and you know, have 10 people calling with eight people on hold for 10 minutes, that really ruins the guest experience when all they want to know is if you cook with peanut oil or if they could place an order. And so I think the ones that are thriving are the ones that have adopted technology. It doesn't mean that's your whole being, but they've understood that technology has to play a role in their success. Technology can bridge the gap between labor issues, can bridge the gap between consumer expectations and over-reliance on third party. And so I think that's, to me, of all the people that I've consulted, which is a lot, it's, I think, the ones that are more open to new ideas, the ones who are understanding that technology is no longer nice to have. But if you use it correctly, it really helps you alleviate a lot of these challenges and allows you to focus on what you do best. Um, I think the ones that struggle, from what I see, are the ones that either have said, well, this is how we've done it for 15 years, and so this is how we're going to keep doing it. And, um, you know, it's no longer just about great food or great service. There's just a lot more people vying for your attention in a lot of different mediums. And so I think the ones that struggle have been slower to adopt some of those things. Or what we see most often is they're stuck in this hell, so to speak, where you're managing eight, 10 different things. You don't really understand all of them to begin with. So how do you know what to ask of your vendor or inspect what you expect out of that particular tool? To me, I think that's where you see a lot. I, I do believe after meeting with probably 10,000 plus restaurants in the last few years, personally, is I think most of them are stressed out or not thriving because they don't understand the technology, which has become so critical. That, that to me is the biggest thing there. Um, you know, great technology and just efficiency allows you to spend time in other areas of the business, which might be, you know, hurting, hurting your business, right? Whether that's, you know, guest satisfaction, you know, whether that's quality control of outbound orders, like just a lot of things it opens up to you if you're using technology in a smart way. That's what I think. I love it. So we talked a, a little while ago about labor, right? The, how, yeah. you know, labor is, is critical right now and can't find enough of it. And we, we can't yeah. find good people, can't keep good keep people and all of that. And you just mentioned again, that, uh, the technology you think has the opportunity to obviously yeah. help people, help us create a better guest experience, which I firmly believe, uh, but also yeah. as a way of alleviating some of those labor crunches, I, I want to get to the phone answering. So maybe this yeah. is a great time to do that, but I also want to yeah. hear what else what are the other ways that you think that may not be obvious to operators you know as how uh how technology can help can help uh soften that i, I mean i think wait listing is a super obvious one and it's it's one of those i think where people just say oh i i don't do wait listing and it's like you do but it's you know it's on a clipboard and you've got three people running around handling it tony and i went to a, a you know, pretty large single location operation up in, in Massachusetts. And they actually, this is good for both waitlisting and phone. And we were previewing our max product for them. And we said, Hey, tell us about how you manage your waitlist. And they had three people on it all night. And so there's one person managing the clipboard, one person answering the phone for who needs to get on the waitlist. And there's one person walking outside to holler, you know, is your table yeah. ready? <laughs> three whole full human beings. Um, and, and so it, 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 which is like 50 plus dollars an hour, a lot. it's a lot, not to mention all the other related costs, not right? to mention. Yep. 
and, and let's we can talk about costs. We can talk about efficiency. You know, that that's not that's obviously not very efficient. But you can also talk about that clipboard of of information is not going into any you know repository where that data yeah. can be used again. Also, when they get on the wait list, they're left. They either take a to go menu or something like that, and they're perusing it just like Tony mentioned before. It, I mean, every one of those interactions is an opportunity to to put your best foot forward. You know, to present an offer. To, to soon soon it. pre-book dishes things like that um, but also get them in your in your list the more people you get in your list the more people you have to market to for just about free um, and so it's the cost part but it's also the opportunity that you're missing that same restaurant that same restaurant does I, I want to say they did like 400 covers a night like big like a, a lot of volume um, and so he said hey the, the the phone discussion the AI answering phone was it, we were building it but we were still learning a lot about what how you know how exactly to shape it up tell us about your phones oh we have five phone lines that we pay for and between four o'clock well starting at four o'clock we have five people answering the phones to take orders (laughs) five people and then eventually the kitchen says stop it and we take all the phones off the hook that was exactly yeah. I mean that was how they were running it and we were like this is clearly a problem that that needs some help and so and, it's, and just lost revenue I mean so number one you got so many so many dollars on the phones uh, but then at a certain point uh, no dollars coming in through the phones because you just shut them off <laughs> totally well, every every call to the business is a transaction I mean make no mistake yeah. about it if, if if you have a child that is allergic to peanut oil and you can't answer that quickly and accurately the, the consumer just assumes no Right. If you, if, right. if I don't know how long the wait is, or if you offer outdoor seating, and I can't, if I'm on hold or get a busy signal, or I get somebody that can't answer that, I just assume the answer is no. And it's again, there's 50 little things like that. But three, it could have been a four top, and three of those people had never been to your restaurant, which could have gotten into your remarketing ecosystem. But yeah. uh, I do think answering is a great example of how we're how restaurants can take more control of that. Um, you know, I can demo that for you now if you'd like and hear I that and then I can share that. a couple stats. Yeah. I would love that. So, so listen, do it. we were talking yeah. about this when Brendan was on the show. Again, we sat down to chat in November. That episode aired in December. It was episode 144 and he teased this <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I had no, yeah. I had no idea. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 and I, and I told him, I said, we got to get you back on the show so we can preview this. So, uh, so I'm so excited to hear this, uh, to hear this work because I don't understand how it can work. And I'm sure <laughs> yeah. a lot of people listening don't understand. All right. Don't screw it up. Tony. Well, let's do it. I won't do it. I'm going to, I love this. First off, let me just tell you, since we rolled this out, we've learned so much and it's iterated like constantly, like what, what year today will be even better tomorrow yeah. and next week and beyond. Yep. I would also tell you that the adoption has been insane. Like, Virtually everybody we talked to about it is signing up because it alleviates a problem. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you at the very end. I'll summarize it how good it is. So I'm just gonna call one of our one of our accounts here. And uh, Chip, I think you're gonna love the the final greeting here on this one. So I'm just gonna hold up to my speakerphone and see if you guys can hear it. Pretty good. Hello, welcome to Well Phoenix in Arlington. You can ask me direct questions, and I will answer. How may I help? Do you guys have live music? We have live music every night of the week starting at 6 p.m. through 10 p.m. How else can I assist? Do you have trivia nights? Yes, it's a blast. <laughs> we hold this every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Come see us. <laughs> and don't forget to try our world-famous wings. Is there anything else I can help with? Do you serve liquor? 
We have a world-class bar and top-shelf spirit selection, but we are famous for our tequilas. Featuring Plaza Azul Reposado, Casamigos, Don Julio, and 100 other top selections from Jalisco, Mexico. Hurry down for your favorite drink today. Do you have any other questions? Yeah, can I place an order, please? Yes, we do have online orders. The best way to place an order is through our website. I am texting you a link now. What else can I answer for you? I'm good, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for calling. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to tune into Restaurant Strategy Podcast with Chip Close. Have a great day. All right. I thought you'd like, I thought you'd like that finale there, but uh, oh, you know, I love it. Um, look, it's it's fun to listen to, and um, you know, again, like uh, you know, we just did a couple of things there, but you know, what you have to remember again is every call is a transaction. If you can't answer it quickly and accurately, consumers just assume no, and it's a not, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, for your restaurant. Yeah. And so you'll notice that I did a few things there. You know, one of the things you'll notice is on, when I asked about liquor, right? Uh, now that's one that I, I customized the response for, but think about a restaurant. Every opportunity to communicate with the guests is an opportunity to influence the purchase pattern. I was able to highlight an item that potentially is a high profit item for me, the Don Julio silver yep. tequila. Everything about restaurants is simply, it's advertising. Before Brennan gets there, I want him to know what he's going to have. Well, so listen, this is so great. I'm, I'm so glad I, I that was way better than I even expected. Here's the beauty of it, is that the average, let's say, 18-year-old yeah. answering the phones isn't yeah. going to have the Correct. the pluck, the gumption, whatever, yeah. to start selling over the phone. So talk to me about how you do that. You said those are yeah. handcrafted. So what do you do? You say, yeah. hey, these are the 50 most common questions, and this is how we want them to respond that's right we've got we've got a list of you know common questions that every restaurant around the country is asked right we also integrate with okay. google my business pages and what have you in our back-end tool there's an opportunity to buy category whether it's accessibility whether it's dining options catering menu ordering payment options seating options we basically have several categories i believe we have roughly 10 to 12 categories today within that you can go create a custom response so when somebody says do you have outdoor seating I can simply write in the response and it happens. Those responses that I just played for you, I did four custom responses in a minute and 42 seconds. And so what yeah. that allows restaurants to do is very quickly as, as the week evolves or the night or the specials changes, they literally can go in there in seconds and update something that provides a wonderful guest experience and will drive and influence you know, the sales and the purchase pattern. You know, we've got a couple of restaurants just offhand. We have one called The Deck down in Laguna Beach, California. A great owner there. Uh, John Nye, but you know, he had a real challenge as you know, in Southern California, the cost of operations is, is high, but um, in the first 30 days, the AI uh, technology answered 1,658 calls. Let's put it in perspective. The answering, the investment for a single location operator, what I just shared with you is the equivalent of 47 cents an hour for, for an employee that shows up every day on time, 24 hours a day, never calls in sick and doesn't have any ancillary cost. Like, why would you not that? Would you rather pay somebody $15 an hour that can't answer the questions that can only handle one call at a time? It's You can see how it clearly answers a significant problem for restaurants. And at the same time, provides a much better guest experience. Like it's pretty rare when yeah. restaurants can do that, you know? So, but that's how they would do it. Agreed. They would customize as a response. Um, and we're just getting smarter over time, right? Over time, I recognize Brendan's number and I can, I can say, hey, you're going to order again? Do you want the same thing, the pepperoni pizza and the Caesar salad? But anyway, I'm all fired up now, Chip. <laughs> Here's the beauty of it. No, no, listen, I'm so, listen, I'm so glad. I, I really mean it. This is, this is better than I even could have imagined, partially because of this. When we train 
a reservationist on the phones. We train them like, hey, these are your, your responses. These are the most common questions, right? We teach them about all of this. But we very rarely go into sales mode. Yeah. We say, hey, when you get this, when you, you know, do you guys have liquor? Yes, we have a full bar. That's what you'd get if you called nine out of 10, yeah. maybe even 10 out of 10 restaurants. Uh, you just picked them out of Google randomly. You, that's, what, that's the answer. That's the answer you'd get. And yeah. so rather than trying to teach and train and manage and oversee every new reservation that you hire and train and making sure that they do what they're supposed to be doing, you just program yeah. it once and the, and the computer system's gonna do it, gonna do it great. Well, and, and because it's talking to the system, right? If I make a change on my site, yeah. the system's gonna know that. And so it's just, it's just more intuitive. So not only are you leaving all these problems, but then it's the other thing about when you do make a change, you have to go to 12 different places to update it, which you're not gonna do, which means guests might get inaccurate information. So you can just see all the critical thinking happening here. So talk to me about, um, so what happens? Is there a, I don't know what to call it, a safeguard in place? You know, I'm on hold with my bank, and eventually, I'm like, I just want to talk to a representative. Yeah. Is there a way to push through? Oh, you can talk. You can talk to a representative okay. at any time. Yeah, I just didn't do that for time's sake, but that's that's an option, and you can even state that in a personalized greeting at the beginning. The good news is, as we track the calls, if we know that 68% of your calls are about online ordering, I can customize my greeting to say, "Hey, Brendan, thanks for calling Tony's Cafe. If you'd like to place an order, just say place an order, and we'll Great. get right to it." If not, how else can we help you? And so even that little step speeds it up for the consumer, better yeah. experience in the restaurant. Oh, I love it. Just this to chime in a little bit too, like uh, what you were talking about, Chip. I, I met with um, one of our owners in La Brea um, when when we were previewing our, our Max package and answering. And she was like, I don't trust any of these kids to answer the phone. I don't let them answer the phone. She had all calls routed to her personal phone. And I've heard this yeah. over and over from from uh, various owners and, and it's like i mean it was one of the things that i never would have thought about is like wow that's a you know that's a tough one that that you can't even trust people to answer your phone well this is you know this is always going to have the right answers you know and and, yeah. and so and, and an interesting thing we we did um we've done some surveys of both restaurants and consumers about tech 42% of consumers say if they call to make a reservation and they get voicemail, they'll move on to a new restaurant. And, yeah. and also three quarters of consumers are also good with restaurants using tech to answer their questions over the phone. One of the most common objections I get just to technology in general, but to answering in, in, in you know, specific cases, yeah, people don't really want to talk to a robot. This is hospitality. Um, they want a person, this and that. And it's like, yeah, of course, but, but are the people there and are they fully informed? The truth is people want an answer. That's why they're calling it. That's why this product yeah. is called answering. And, and, and we've talked with the team a lot, like they wanted to use something else and it just kept coming back to you, but you're getting your answers and that's what you want. Yep. And so, you know, like, like Tony described, uh, our clients are now getting thousands of calls answered. They're getting answered. Well, they're getting pushed to optimal paths for ordering. Um, reservations are coming. If you have our wait listing, you can find out how long the wait list is and get on it. Um, and, and so it just, like this is how we work. We started when we when you and I spoke. We had launched answering, and it was at a very introductory price because it was brand new. Um, and then you know, as it developed, we we raised the price for new people. We we never raised the price for our existing clients. Um, and and then we just keep going. We keep adding more and more. And and so as it goes, it just gets smarter and smarter. And then you can see, hey, this is Chip. I need a reservation for four for Saturday at seven. 
Okay, that sounds great, Chip. You love Jack Daniels. We, do you want us to go ahead and put four, you know, on on the pre-bill and and get them ready to go? That that's where it's going, and, and we're super I'm super so... super early in this, but we're putting all the pieces in place. No, I'm so blown away, and I'm so excited about where it can go. Simply because, and I talk a lot about customer journey because I think it's something restaurants do really poorly. We know steps of service. Yeah. What happens when they walk in all the way through their meal until they walk out the door? And what we do really badly is, and, and we've actually talked about this quite a bit on this uh, on today's call, even though we haven't called it by its name, but, but customer journey. Yeah. How do people come into the funnel? How do they learn more about yeah. you? How do they get excited about you? How do they discover? And, and then how do they make um, make decisions or make uh, or follow through with the sales. And what you're doing is you're creating different touch points that's all trying to drive to a specific action. And I always talk about this with websites. I do this quite a bit where I audit uh, websites for clients or uh, or potential clients. I say, listen, everything has to be driving towards a specific action. You got to know where are people coming from. What do they already know? What do you want them to do? And what do they need to know still in order to do what you want them to do? And so few restaurants, I think, really think in terms of that, right? That's an e-commerce way of thinking, totally. right? What do I want them to do? What do they already know? What do they need to know in order to take the action? And now, you know, and I always say this to operators all the time. I said, your website exists to either capture revenue or help them make an appointment to give you revenue later, yeah. right? It's well You're capturing yeah. money now or later. Anything else, anything else on that website is meant to help them make that decision or to help them make that transaction um, easier. And and everything else, right? Gone are the days where like the accolades page, the about us page, the, the history page, the everything, you know, you can have an about us page as long as its function is to help convince you to take the desired action that we want them to take. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's it's a business. Thousand percent. And one, one of the, you know, one of the, one of the difficulties we have in bringing our product into restaurants is um, it is a personal business. It does reflect a personal brand. I mean, 80% of our clients are uh, around there, our single location. It is personal. And and for better or worse, a lot of people have been coached into this site is going to represent you. And, you know, if it doesn't look exactly like you want, you're not going to feel great. And and so they end up spending tens of thousands. I mean, we've talked to people who have spent six figures, you know, on their website in, in, in the 2020s. It's shocking. Um, yeah. and, and, the, and the truth is exactly what you're describing is how we should be thinking about it, how operators should be thinking about it. Form follows function. This thing is about getting butts and seats or getting orders done in the most economic path, you know, economic friendly path that you have, yep. which is your first party ordering. And, and everything else should serve that exactly as you said. People get hung up on the aesthetics and they spend too much time and they they abandon the project. You know, this this would be my my kind of um, addition to why don't people succeed? And it's like because they just make it too complicated. You know, do the emails have to look perfect? They don't. We have the highest open rate and the highest click through rate of anybody bar none. And and it's not because they look so good. It's because they're so smart and performative, focused on performance. And the same goes for the websites. It's like, could this look better? Could this look different? Does this look a little templated? Guess what? No one gives a shit. Like when they come, they're yeah. trying to find <laughs> this info. They're not going to be wowed yeah. by your logo. You know what I mean? And they're not going to be wowed by, wow, that, you know, there's a video sometimes, but really all of it is giving them the information they want, presenting it in, a, in the right way. And, and like you say, moving them through this funnel, that's what they care about. And if you focus on that piece, 
those are the ones that win versus the ones that don't. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, inertia is the biggest competitor to us and, and to progress in this, in this industry. The ones that are winning right now are just saying, yes, give it to me. And, 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 you know, they're not trying to change everything overnight, but they're open to it. And I met with uh, yeah. an owner, I'm in the Atlanta area, and I met with an owner um, in Roswell, Georgia, a couple miles from me, Freaking Inkin, great restaurant. Mike's a great owner. He's doubled his revenue since COVID started. He he signed up for Pop Menu one month before COVID started, and it was the first thing he thought about canceling because he had just started. And then he's told us, yeah. you know, hey, this is the best decision I made was keeping it. Now he's doubled his revenue. He's looking at opening additional um locations but a funny thing is i said hey what do you, are you thinking about taking on our answering product and he said you know a little concerned about a robot answering the phone and people want to talk to a person and this and that and then um you know he brought over one of his servers and talked about the kind of calls that come in and i started to share some of these things like like you can do custom response First of all, the system's going to handle most of it, most questions on its own. But but the fact that you can add in custom responses for everything else, custom questions or responses, great. Um, as I talked about it a little bit, he was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. G give me a demo, and I'm going to sign up for it. The fact that he's doubled his revenue but is still willing to continue adding, thats that. those are the people that are winning. You don't have to do it all at once. Start with something that, that makes sense to you that you can fit into your world, and then keep going. You know, and just keep going. And and I think and, making the time to to listen and understand. And I know yeah. restaurant owners are the busiest people in the world. It's just a fact. And they're getting pitched everything every day by a million different people. You got to find the right ones, but give them a chance and, and then keep yeah. building. That, that's, that's really the thing is keep going. And here's the beauty of this audience, right? The people tune into this show every single week because they want to learn more. They want to get better. They want to they want to try and solve the problems they have. And I'll. I'll add a little uh, a little addendum onto what you just said. You start small. You got to look at your operation, and you've got to prioritize. Everything you do should be tied to a problem, right? A problem yeah. and a goal. If we're doing stuff just to do stuff, you're doing stuff just because the, the restaurant down the street did stuff. You're doing stuff just because the sales you know the sales rep called and and talked you into it or whatever it's got to be tethered to a problem then when you sit down with an account executive who's talking to you about a solution you can easily say these are my problems these are the yeah. things i'm looking to solve does anything you have solved that you'll know right away they can't tap dance their way around that that's beautiful and if you start yeah. looking at that you say what what's my biggest problem what's my second biggest problem what's my third biggest problem and you start working through that now there are a lot of innovative solutions to it that might uh, it might not be obvious at first but if you know what your problems are to solve then you can start checking those off the box and somebody walks in the door when somebody you know calls your phone and you'll go yeah they, they might they might have a solution to the problem i have but the the what i a, a mistake i see many operators make is they don't know their business enough to be confident when somebody picks up the phone, when somebody walks in the door, say, nope, that's not the that's not a problem I need solving. Yeah. Got anything for this problem or this problem? That's how you that's how I think you start doing it. That's a great point. And and, and I'll say again, uh, I, no one I know got into hospitality because they wanted to engage with uh, e com and, and wanted to engage with digital, wanted to engage with email, stuff like that. It's, it's they wanted to create great experiences and create great meals for people. And and so, you know, there is no criticism for me on why people, why inertia is so popular, you know, among restaurants. And it's, a, mm -hmm. it's taken something like a global pandemic to really push things forward. I believe it's our job to meet them. 
I believe it's our job to to make it so they don't have to be as sophisticated in in identifying their problems. It's awesome if they are. And the people who we meet who are, that's just a match made in heaven right there. It just works well from the start. Um, but right. I also think it's hey, it's 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 our it's also our obligation and our fellow kind of tech providers in this space, it's our obligation to to keep coming towards the owners and meeting them, whether that's helping them, you know, whether it's making the solution easier to understand, you know, hey, why would I do this? What what problem is it solving? Or is it making it easier to use and fit into their lives? And I think that's something that's fair to demand. As an operator, I would be saying that to a tech company. You got to keep making it easier. You got to keep making it easier. But there also should be some grace and understanding that building software for a space that's so broad and has so many use cases and so many different ways of operation, it's hard. It's super hard. And so I I do think meeting in the middle is happening more and more and people are recognizing not every tech company is out there to screw you or nickel and dime you. And, and, And in fact, there are some that are that are really, really trying hard to help engage with those and have patience as it I builds. I mean, we have clients who who came on with us five years ago at $89 a month who are still paying $89 a month who have yeah. gotten every, you know all of the feature functionality we've built into our pro product. And it's like that that's their reward for believing early, you know, and now they have such high value in it that, that you know, they, they, they wouldn't leave that price point for all that functionality. So, yeah, for sure. Listen, uh, I've loved this conversation. I love the demo. I really appreciate it. Um, there's obviously you guys have had uh, a pretty steep evolution just over the last several years. And as this conversation has illustrated, you're continuing to learn and evolve. Talk to me about what's coming up, right? So Pop Menu Max was the last thing you rolled out with all these features. Um, what's coming up next? I, I, I got to believe there's more on the roadmap. Oh, yeah. So last year was a lot of... Uh, the- a lot of V1s, you know, a lot of, of stuff was brand new. And and now we're in a really good position where it's not so much V1s, it's it's V5s and 10s where we're digging in and optimizing and, and, and you know, accounting for the feedback that we've gotten from clients. Um, we do have new features coming. I think we're in a pretty, right now we're in a, a position where we're, we're kind of prioritizing, hey, what makes the most sense for the back half of the year? Um, you know, right now it's, it's certainly very, very focused on optimizing. Um, the, the, the big thing that we're working towards is what I described earlier is, is you have all these touch points, you're gathering all this data, you're getting this great singular view of, of the guest and we can now, you know, just make the system smarter in segmentation, automated segmentation, automated messaging. I think that's really, I mean, that's the Holy grail, you know, and that, that's, we've, we've, We've had mature tech in POS for a long, long, long time, you know, and it's getting better and better and it's getting more integrative, which is so important. Um, but I think the big thing for, for restaurants that's been powering someone like Amazon forever is having this unbelievable understanding of the, of the guests and having the yeah. systems geared towards optimizing, getting them back in or getting them ordering again. So that's not a, uh, easy feature to talk about like wait waitlisting everyone knows what that is or, or reservations it's really that move towards just the system getting smarter and more automated and easier every you know every day well and luckily from the consumer perspective right like we're all business owners we're all operators but we're also consumers and we all have experience with that already again amazon is the most yeah. obvious um version of this 
because Amazon knows us. Every time I go to Amazon, my my homepage, my dashboard looks a little bit different yeah. because they learned more about me and I love that. I love it. I don't want to see a bunch of crap I'm never I'm not interested yeah. in. I like opening it up and seeing like books I'm interested in or, you know, some shirt I was looking at. I, I like that. I yeah. think that's I think that's better. It provides a better experience. It's more efficient for me. I don't have to go searching. I don't have to plug away. Um and it's just it's just more pleasing. It's more pleased. So I, I think I think a lot of people will understand yeah. that that like like now we have uh, an opportunity to get better at that to create more individual, more personalized experiences, which really comes down to hospitality and intimacy, creating um creating more connection between us and the guest, which is at the end of the day actually actually what we're after. That's what we're after, and 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 that's that's ultimately where we want to end up is that. No matter how you want to give your hospitality, you know, no, no matter how you want to deliver it, whether it's super high touch, you know, with with white linen and you know uh, servers that yep. have been there for decades, or whether it's hey, you're you're not going to wait to order and you're not going to wait to pay, and it's going to be super fast and frictionless. You know, no matter no matter how you want to do it, um, you should be able to to fit this in. You know, and and, right. and that that that's Amen. really what I get excited about, and then. And, and and I do think maybe I, I mean I know I'm an optimist, but I do think ultimately it lets us get back to kind of how hospitality was. I mean, we have always architected this platform for number one independence and number two full service restaurants. They could just make the most use from day one of what we were building. And I love the idea of uh, I have a romanticized version. I didn't go to restaurants when I was a kid, but I, I picture like old school. You know, you walk in, hey Brennan. You know, are you going to have yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, well, things got super noisy and busy and confusing and, and it's hard to do that now. Um, but imagine if you could, and, and, and technology yeah. is the way that you could actually get to a point where it's not a greasy screen on the, on the table that your kids are playing games <laughs> on until you order. Um, and it's not, yeah. a, not a robot standing in front of you asking you questions. Imagine, you know, hospitality where it feels like that. You know, and it feels like the old yeah. days. Feels like you imagine they can just keep. They just magically know things about you, and and that's the thing, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, listen, I was a maitre d' for years in New York City. I spent a lot of time in fine dining. Maitre d's often, historically, were the highest paid people in the restaurant because they knew everybody. That's it. They knew who liked to sit where, what they liked to drink, where they just knew how to take care of people. And now we can do it better. Like, there's no reason. To, uh, yeah, I mean, you can have a maitre d'. But we don't need it because the computers, the, the systems can actually help us provide better, uh, better hospitality than, than ever, right? And, we, and we're not relying on one person and their, you know, all the information that's in their brain. Absolutely. Um, I love it. I love it. Listen, Brendan, I really appreciate, um, Tony, I really appreciate you guys being here. Um, final words, uh, words of wisdom, and, uh, and where can people go to learn more about uh, Pop Menu and everything, uh, everything you got going on? Yeah, final words of wisdom. I, I think I've... I think I've said everything that I can say right now. <laughs> I'm usually <laughs> I'm usually trying to be more concise, but but we get really excited. I mean, it, look, we've been through, you know, so much together as an industry the past, you know, past how many ever years? <laughs> 2 2 years, is it? Feels like 5. Too long, yeah. Um and and it feels like hey, we didn't come through all this, you know, to to not be super successful on the other side, whether it's and I mean we as a collective industry agree and, and and so um i'm just excited that actually it, it 
it does seem to be that the partnering with operators is getting better and better. People are opening up more and more. Um, we're able to collaborate more, which it doesn't happen without that. You know, it doesn't happen without us working with operators and vice versa. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just really excited. I'm, I'm hopeful that we're through, you know, the, the biggest chunks of, of the macro craziness that have made for such a volatile situation for all of us for so long. Yep. Um, but I'm also, I'm, I'm really firm in the knowledge that, and in the belief that if that's not true, we're going to figure it out anyway together, you know? And so that, that's how I feel now. We're entering the, the national restaurant show, um, flying up to Chicago on Friday, I don't know if this is going to date the uh, episode, but you know. no, it's all right. Yeah, this is going to this is going to run in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, there are going to be plenty of listeners here who uh, who will have gone to um, to the NRA show out in Chicago. It's huge, and I wish I could be there. But I'm glad you guys are going to be out there. I, I'm. I mean, from when we started the business, it's been it's just my favorite event. I mean, it's my favorite trade event I've ever done in my career. Just, it's yeah. such a cool thing, and I'm really excited for this point in time. When we went to London last fall, you know, we had we thought we were done with the, with the pandemic, and there was such optimism, and people were so excited to be out talking to each other and and to about you know to to see what's out there, and and so I'm excited yeah. that that's happening right now. I'm excited to see what's out there. I'm excited to talk to partners and and you know potential partners, and and, and so I, I do think there's a lot to be excited about for the industry. And, and the truth is if all of that stuff is over, yeah, we've got inflation and yeah, we've got some other stuff to get through, but I really think super bright days are ahead. Um, and we, you know, we hope we can play a part in that. Um, people yeah, can find out sure. about us on get.popmenu.com. Tons of information there. We have videos on, on answering, um, that, okay. I, I really like Tony's demo, a little nervous. I'm, I'm the product guy. So I'm always, I've always, screwed up demos <laughs> stuff before um I, I love people getting to see it in the wild you know but but getting more and more information there i mean we we put as much into video and as, make it as digestible as possible and so get.popmenu.com have a demo um you know it's a it's a deep product there's a lot to get through it can be overwhelming but having somebody walk you through it and just just like you like you mentioned you know hey bring up the problems that you're facing and we'll focus on those yep on on if and how we can help with those. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully some people listening to this will be like, Hey, we met those, <laughs> we yep. met that team at, <laughs> at, at the national restaurant show. And, and, um, the stuff they, they said there, they said on this podcast and vice versa. Yeah. I listen, I hope so. I got a bunch of my clients going out there and like I said, I wish I could go out there, but I can't uh, busy weekend for me. Uh, but listen, I really appreciate you guys making the time. Appreciate being here. I appreciate your continued support of the show. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Chips. Great talk again. Take care. I appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank Tony and Brendan for taking time out of their day to talk to us. Again, if you're interested in learning more about Pop Menu, about any of the features, that link is in the show notes as it is each and every week. Just call them up, free demo. Schedule something and see for yourself. I'm telling you, I was blown away by the phone answering demo. Uh, and, uh, really, really impressed. Uh, and and I, hope, uh, I hope you take the time to check out some of the other solutions they offer as always i want to thank you for being here i want to thank all of our sponsors for their uh, ongoing support appreciate it guys and i will see you next time